Hello and welcome to the ET PhD team podcast, the podcast here to help you with your relationship with food and body by giving you evidence-based techniques to support yourself with a sprinkling of feminism, a dash of dismantling diet culture and a side of vulnerability as we share our own messy lives with you. I'm Emilia, a registered nutritionist and PhD with the sole purpose of making your life happier and healthier. If you love it, please do go wild and share it. And if you're ready for support with our coaching, details are in the show notes. Hello and welcome to the ATPHD Team Podcast, episode number 100 and wait, was it 110? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I thought, wait, I've done 111 and I have done 111 because I've pre-recorded it, but it threw me off there. <laughs> threw me off. I just had a moment. Oh gosh. Hi. How are you guys? Good. Not bad. You? I'm great. Just great. <laughs> Fantastic. It's <laughs> great. Oh, it's fine. All fine. Um, hi, Anna. How are you? <laughs> Hello. I am. Um, yeah, good. All good. Great. Has anyone got any exciting news? <laughs> I'm boring as swear word. Like, <laughs> <laughs> can we swear? We can't swear. I don't want to swear. So, I mean, boring as F. We can swear. I do have it on the, I think, the explicit content switch on um, because I got told off once because I didn't and, then, and it went off and I was like, whoop took my podcast down so you can but now we've probably got nothing to say so we'll just keep it in um well I I have news I went to see Little Mix on Tuesday night and it was fantastic oh so jealous you look like um what's her name Jade thanks I get that quite a lot and I'll take it because she's so much younger than me (laughs) when I saw your story I was like is that Amelia out there with a mic (laughs) (laughs) someone someone replied to my story saying what girl band is this is this you and I was like I don't know whether to be more complimented that you think that I look like this girl or you think that actually I could sing like that because neither is true so I'll take it so that was my news and it was great and it was you know what I saw your story and obviously I was like oh my god that looks amazing I hope you're having the best time but I was knee deep in water I flooded my kitchen twice on Tuesday night so I was like Um, how did you do it twice well washing machine broke and I was like do you know what I can do this I can do this can you? I spoke, obviously spoke to my mum because I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> She's like, oh, just check the filter. Did that and like a cascade of water came out because it hadn't drained. Oh. I was like, oh, okay. Did that, job done. Put it on again because everything was still sopping wet in there oh. with all the towels that I'd used to mop up the water that had exploded in my kitchen. Um, and it sounded like it was doing and then it did the same thing again. No. Yeah, <laughs> it got to like half eight, and I'd just thrown all the like wet washing just on the stones of the garden. I was like, I'll sort this tomorrow. That's tomorrow problem. <laughs> Did you leave your clothes outside all night? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's definitely something I would do. Definitely something. Yeah, but the laugh is I didn't even sort it out yesterday. So they're still there. They still need a wash, but the washing machine's not fixed. So. Oh mate, you know what you need is you need a John in your life. John is the handyman that I do. You change my life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my plan is just to take all the probably mouldy clothes to my mum's to sort out. Oh mate, that's not a good time, is it? 
it's all good. It's all good. I'm I'm like adulting real hard. <laughs> Mum, help! <laughs> Listen, I don't think that ever goes away. Well, that's reassuring. I'm not gonna lie, because I've got no intention of changing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my um, bath has still not been plumbed in, and I moved into my house two years ago. Good, good. We just we're not here to do it all. No, no. I, I stand by that. <laughs> Beyonce is a liar, and that's fine. Um, okay, let's crack on with the questions. Steph, do you want to go first? Yes. Um, if this has been answered, just let me know. Uh, what is your what is your morning routine? Sorry if this has already been asked. I'm making my way through older podcasts now. Weird that I had to thought about morning routines this morning for some reason. On the same page as whoever asked this question. Um, Anna, do you want to go first? Just as I put it in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would love to say I have the most dreamy morning routine but changes day to day, depending what's going on. But since lockdown, the one thing that I have taken from lockdown is to sit down with the coffee before I do anything. That is that. Is that. And then I guess the more I've challenged perfectionism, the more I just throw in meditation journaling as and when, rather than it has to be done in the morning to set me up for the day. No, coffee, sit down, chill, then go. Yeah, I'm kind of similar, although probably not actually. I am trying to be, at the moment, I'm super intentional in my meditation because I've been waking up with headaches so I think I'm like clenching my teeth since probably the week before level up. And I, I, I have no idea what it is, obviously. Um, so I'm trying to be a little bit more intentional with my calming ways. Um, my morning routine is wake up, snooze my alarm and put on a five minute meditation, which basically is the duration of the, the snooze on my alarm. So then I meditate and then I snooze again and then I wake up properly. Um, and then I always say, thanks for being in this house. Thanks for being in my warm bed. Thanks for being alive. You can thank Oprah Winfrey for that life hack. Because um, she says, every morning I wake up and I say, thanks for still being alive. And I'm like, yep. And, and I like that. And then I lie in bed for like a few minutes thinking about being grateful. And then that sounds like so wanky but it's actually true <laughs> um, and then and literally like that's it I then get a coffee do a certain thing that I do for work every single day like it takes me like 20 minutes to do that bit of work and then I go out for I don't know like a half hour 45 minute walk and then come back and eat breakfast and then that's it solid I know mm. I mean that is pretty solid let's not lie <laughs> like, that is actually very solid <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't want to answer that because I feel a bit inadequate now comparing uh, morning routines. Comparison um, is a thief of joy, Steph. I know, I know. I'm Come getting um, But I, I think, I can't remember, I think you've mentioned it before, Amelia. Um, I think I did it before you even said it on the podcast once, but I definitely have my phone on Do Not Disturb for an hour. Um, and then with a bit like you, Anna, have my coffee. In, in the summer months or spring months, I definitely go out for a walk before I get on with anything but in the winter I can't say that I do that um but that is now coming back into my routine I just love doing that it just makes me feel just better in life it does it's great it's I I love I like I love it even though I'm often just like I cannot be arsed I still I'm like I'm gonna try and force it my god today I tried to go to the gym before breakfast because I had a call with Georgia at like 10 or something and I thought I'll go to the gym first and then I'll have my breakfast and then whatever I do, have my call. 
And I got into the gym. I did my wee warm up on the bike and got on, started doing my first exercise. And I did one set and I was like, nah, this is not for me and left. And I just thought, who? And I say this because I know you train in the morning. I don't know about you, Steph, but I literally was just like, this, I don't want to be here. I want it. I just want to die. Like, it's not for me. And so I just left and went and had breakfast instead. And well, as I said to you guys, I've just been eating cookies this afternoon instead. Um, but you know they were for Instagram reels, so they were totally so like, it was work. Um, yeah, I don't know how anyone. I mean, I, I do because I used to do it when I was like competing and whatever else. I would do it like super early, but now seeing the gym in the morning, I'm like, nah, nah. I loved yeah. it. I just walked out like failure, and I'll own it. No, I am so much of a morning person for gym so like not for, not not for being with people but yeah <laughs> I am a morning person just not in the gym I mean I say that I go I still go at like 10 but I just need to have been up for a couple of hours and like the, obviously Loughborough is like sports there's students whenever you go but 5 30 there's no one really there it's great I used to coach at like that time in the morning and I used to like judge them. They come in at five in the morning and I'd be like, who are you doing this time? Like I'm here, you know, coaching you guys, but you are putting yourself through this. Like I did, I did exactly oh, the same around. when I worked in the gym. I was like, why, why would anyone choose? I get it now. I get it. Oh, <laughs> no, I remember having a conversation with my friend who worked in the gym being like, why, why are you even open on a Sunday? Who goes to the gym on a Sunday? And I was so judgy. And I was like, now I'm like, mm, quite like a wee Sunday session. Like it's a day of rest, but actually yeah. sometimes it's nice. I love a weekend session, actually. That I'm definitely team weekend gym. Mm. I mean, each to their own, but yeah, obviously we're all very different here. We are. Who knew? Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Anna, question. Yes. Um, I currently have a fat loss goal at the moment, but don't want to completely disregard all the work I have been doing with you on my relationship with food. I'm struggling knowing when and how to balance my fat loss goals with my value of friendship and socialising with meals, drinks, etc. I guess what I'm asking is, how do I know when to eat the cake and when to leave the cake? Cake being food that will take me over my calories and out of a deficit. Well, I think there's this, again, it's like that story of if I am doing a fat loss phase, like I'm not you know, I've got a complicated relationship with food or I can't, you know, once I've worked on my relationship with food, I can't go back. And that isn't the case. Like a lot of my clients personally uh, on a bit of fat loss journeys. Um, I think this is probably not the best answer that this person may want in this moment, but only they know the answer to when whether they want the cake or not and whether they should have it. I think if you're going out a few times a week and you're having um, quite calorie, calorie dense meals and having quite a few like desserts, then sometimes you have to be realistic and choose an action that's in line with fat loss. And sometimes that may mean turning down cake, but also, you know, sometimes having cake you might feel a bit more satisfied and you might also not be snacking later. So there's always like pros and cons. There's so many nuances to this. Um, but I think obviously working with Anna, like you're going to have that trust in yourself and you will know that right moment, but I think you've got to test it out by doing it. Yeah, I totally agree with everything and I'm not going to repeat anything. I would say that um, you can socialise and still drop body fat. Socialising is not, yes, it could be built around meals out, but it's not built around what's on your plate and how much you eat 
you could go to Pizza Express or whatever and get a 400 calorie pizza with salad in the middle. Um, if you want to do that, if that's in line with your fat loss goals and still have exactly the same night as if you didn't. And I think for me recently, I've noticed because I'm not drinking alcohol really um, at the moment. I love going out for drinks with my friends. Like I don't mean partying, but like, I mean, I love that sometimes too, but I love going out for a glass of wine or whatever the case may be. And I, and I thought I'm going to really miss that side of things. And I haven't really. I've actually found that being around people who are also drinking makes me feel like I'm drunk, even if I'm not, which is quite <laughs> nice. Um, but it's but it doesn't impact connection at all just because you're eating or drinking something slightly differently. So I think we have to take a step back and say, well, why is why does it have to be one or the other? And I think probably it comes from in the past, if you've had a restrictive mindset, when you've gone out for dinner, you use it as an excuse to eat everything you can and have multiple desserts and tons of drinks. And then it throws you off for the next day as well. Whereas now that's not the relationship with, you, with food you've got or you're getting to with Anna. That means that you can just go out and it's not all or nothing. And you can just say, I can have a regular pizza, eat half of it and crack on with my life. And that might take you a couple of hundred calories, 500 calories over your day's targets. But once or twice a week, you're still going to be in deficit. It might be a smaller deficit and fat loss might take a little bit more time. But I think I've spoken about one of my clients on here before who's like, she's been dieting for a really long time, but it's not for her health. It's aesthetic reasons and that's fine. But she has such a good social life. Like she exhausts me with all the stuff that she does. But over time, she's dropping body fat. Some weeks that she doesn't, some weeks she maintains, even maybe for a month she might maintain. But that's fine because it's been like, I don't know, a birthday, a wedding or whatever it is. And then she's like, okay, well, social occasions came first. That's fine. I've kept up my non-negotiables over the weekend of making sure I have enough protein regardless of whatever else I do. Um, Maybe making sure I'm still eating enough fruit and vegetables over the weekend regardless of what I do. And then now those things have come down, I'm going to push a little bit more on fat loss. And it's about just accepting that that's going to happen. And that's the way that for her, she lives her best life. So for you, you have to take the foot off and the foot off the gas and say you're not going to get X amount of fat loss every single week if you want to socialize. It's not going to happen, probably. But over time, you will still see fat loss, provided that you take yourself out of that all or nothing mentality. Mm-hmm. It's all about like dieting being a choice, isn't it? And then it's not something that you have to do. It's like you're choosing not to, you're, you're choosing to eat in line with your goals because fat loss is important to you right now, or you're choosing to put your fat loss goal on the back burner while you can enjoy um, a meal with friends. Like, it, it is just reframing it as that. Yeah, and listen, it kind of comes back to what we were saying in the beginning. You can't be 100% on every aspect of your life and all of your values all the time. Your energy is finite. It's just not physically possible. Anna has dirty washing on her outside, but she's excelling at work. And like, that's that's life. You can't, and, and, I, and I understand the desire to want to do it all. And I don't want to sound like demotivating. I think that we all push hard to do the best that we can in all the years of our life. But we all recognize that sometimes parts of our life have to take a little bit of a hit for other things. And it's the same in any other aspect of life with fat loss in your relationship with all these things you have to accept that sometimes things will be 100 and sometimes things will be 80 percent, and then they'll just fluctuate and that's totally normal when you try and be 100 percent at everything you just start spinning your wheels and getting exhausted and not actually achieving anything it's me isn't it 
So this is Denai's question. I'd like to eventually change my career, but need to stay in my current field for a while so that I am in a financial position to make a transition. In the meantime, I know I need to put in consistent work to develop the other skills I need so that I am equipped to make a transition when the time comes. How can I balance finding some joy in the work that I currently do with my desire for a change? It seems like when I am not completely hating the work that I'm currently doing, my motivation to work towards my career transition wanes. Since I do have to stay in my current field right now, I don't want to spend all of my days hating what I'm doing either, even though it's not what I really want to be doing with my life. It seems like I have conflict of interest and I'm struggling to manage that. So to summarise, the, 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 the hatred towards her work feels like a driver to do something that she actually wants to do, but she also doesn't want to hate it. So how do we find the joy in it? I think it's good that you, she's taking action. I've got like it seems to be a theme at the minute some clients <laughs> leaving their jobs and they're starting new ventures and I think no, that's I love it when that happens though <laughs> I love it. like someone texted me today and I was like yes girl um but I think the fact that you're taking action you should definitely take that as a positive and that's something you know like you clearly you've realized that something's not really aligning with with the way that you want to live at the minute and you're you know making a choice to change that I think knowing that we can't always love everything about like every aspect of our job is something like working on that acceptance and then making sure in your spare time whether that is watering this other venture or you know doing things that you that make you fulfilled and connected I think that can help diffuse the hatred that you might be feeling around the current job I don't think you can probably take that away um if that's how how you are feeling in this moment with this current job but it's great that you're you know taking that step to do something different I think that's really good really cool like we don't like commend it enough that people leave jobs I think you go you know like when someone gets like a, a promotion or they get a new job it's like amazing but then when someone says oh I've left my job it doesn't really get the same reaction I don't think anyway um so yeah I think yeah on a tangent there but yeah well done <laughs> doing that no so much for that tangent I it is it is really difficult when like I think we can all relate we've all been in jobs that we've not particularly enjoyed and I mean I can very much relate in moving to being self-employed like you needed a certain amount of financial security so for me it was kind of like okay well yes I'm not enjoying it but I am choosing to do this I'm going to do this because what I'm moving to is going to be so much more exciting so I've just got to ride it out that little bit longer. And it's almost like seeing, seeing, looking towards where you want to be heading, knowing that this is only temporary to get you where you want to be. Yeah, I agree. And I think one of the biggest answers probably here is gratitude. Gratitude for the fact that you have a job. Gratitude for the fact that you can, you can eat with the money from that job. The small little parts of that job that you really think, okay, I can find some purpose in this. Because usually we struggle with jobs because we don't understand or it doesn't align with our purpose so where in that job can you find a little bit of purpose and find gratitude for that but also remembering that just because you like little parts of it doesn't mean that it's going to pull you into staying at that job you don't need to hate it's the same as like when we talk about hating yourself into change with dieting it doesn't work because you come at it from a place of poor self-worth of thinking you'll find happiness at the end point and it doesn't it doesn't work you have to be content with where you are and 
I don't mean, you know, love your body, but you have to be content with who you are in order to see that change from a place of, I am worthy of this change. And you can relate that to the situation of like, just because you find little parts of joy in that work doesn't mean you're not going to find anything else. But hating the whole process is going to leave you feeling depleted. It's going to drain you of energy. It's going to change your mood. And then what you're going to try and apply for a new job, drained of energy with low mood and feeling like, you don't have a purpose how do you think then that's going to show up in your job interviews and your job applications so I think don't try and like don't avoid finding the joy and the gratitude and the purpose in what you've got but make a plan to move out of it make a plan like what are you doing how long are you spending on your cv every week how like what I don't know where your jobs are advertised for your industry how long are you spending on that website or that space every week and how many jobs are you applying for every week and make a bit of a plan because that will give you the driver seeing like progress on that front as opposed to finding a driver in hatred. Steph? I find myself unable to eat as normal. My appetite isn't the same as it was. I've been trying to eat even when I'm not hungry because I'm afraid that if I don't eat enough, I may end up having a binge episode. Have you any tips to help me in this? Thank you. It is, we've spoken about this quite, um, quite a lot in that this is kind of when it comes down to practical eating you know you're not particularly hungry but like you said you you need to keep that consistency with meals um at this point in your journey to avoid overeating so keep that in mind that this is just something that you're you're doing that's got your best interest at heart and yes it doesn't feel particularly intuitive right now but it's going to be worth it in the long run and then I would look at, and I don't, I don't know, I'm keen to hear what you guys think, but maybe if you genuinely are really low appetite and, and not feeling hungry, but just having something, so you're keeping that consistency with it, um, even if it is a smaller serving, smaller snack meal than you'd typically have. For sure. I think this raises that point that we talk about quite a lot of there are certain times in your life where honoring your hunger is not the right thing to do and this is one of those times other times being maybe if you're in a larger body and you maybe are experiencing lactose resistance or if you're trying to recover your period and you need to gain weight or if you're overcoming binge eating or overeating you're not always going to be quote-unquote eating intuitively and I think that's quite a common misconception especially with people who have poor relationship with food and they know that the healthiest way to eat in general is a more of an intuitive style like we know that from the research and I think I put a post about this up the other day like there's a transition period of going from regularly overeating to being eating intuitively and part of that transition is not always eating when you're hungry part of it is let's get regular with our eating make sure that we're eating enough consistently for a while and then over time it might be like okay well right we've eradicated those overeating episodes <coughs> now let's tune into more honoring your hunger and fullness a little bit more so this is just one of those times and anxiety like when you're feeling anxious or super stressed or uh, uh, you're out like I don't know there are other examples you're 
um, hunger may well downregulate or may well upregulate. And it's super important that you try and eat something, either set an alarm or like you said, Anna, just have smaller meals every three hours or so because that's still the most important thing. And what's amazing is that you know this. So what's amazing is that you've not gone, oh, great, a chance to just restrict and it's not my fault because I'm not hungry. You And you may well have had those thoughts and I would certainly not criticize you for having those thoughts. They're kind of normal diet culture type thoughts. So even if you've thought it, don't feel bad for that. But you've asked the question and, you, and you're recognizing, oh, that's my, that my pool is just not really having anything because I'm not hungry but I don't think that's the right thing to do. And I think that is testament to how your relationship with food is developing. Yeah, I was about to say that, like the fact that you've even asked this question, like it just speaks so much like progress to me. So yeah, but nothing else to add to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, does everyone always have the moment where something just clicks with therapy? I've been working with my therapist for a few years and she is great and I feel supported, but I still feel like this should have worked by now because I hear friends saying things like one day it all just made sense and that was good to go so much sooner in their therapy journey. I feel like I'm doing something wrong. I don't think that always happens. To be honest, I think every day is a school day and every day you learn something new about yourself and think, that's actually what I do do and it's like damn that's another little thing that I can add to my list of baggage um so I don't I don't think everyone has a click moment I think over time you can start to recognize things for some people it might just be they might only want to know oh actually I always pick men that have been to jail because I like men that I can fix because this happened with my dad right I obviously don't know these people um but like that might just be enough for some people to change their behaviors forevermore and for other people they go I don't know if that's necessarily a link that I can make I need to find out some more and I don't think any way is the right or wrong way I think as much as I don't like the idea of getting lost in self-development and awareness forever and ever more and bypassing the joy that is life and making a mess and all of these things I do think it's a constant work in progress. And as you as you age, as your relationships change, as you learn more about yourself, there's always more things that you can understand and uncover. And I think that's great, but I wouldn't, I think sometimes we can wait for like this click moment and then just end up getting frustrated that it doesn't come, even though it was never gonna come in the first place. Mm-hmm. I remember feeling very much the, the same in, I was like, I think I think you'd even mentioned it on the podcast one time when you whether it was in therapy or not but you'd had like a bit of a light bulb moment with why you were I think it might have been like where your overeating stemmed from I was like well why is everyone else having it and I can't I've been in therapy for months now like and it was going well but I was like I just want to know like there's there's got to be something um and it did, it did come to me, like, I think it was like the next day after you'd been on the podcast. But I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. But just because I had that, like you said, I still kept on going and stopped after a few more months and then came back to it because there's always stuff that comes up. You're like, oh, that'd be good to, to talk through, to learn a bit more about myself um, and find different ways to manage it. So I don't think you even need that mm. aha moment by any means. It's just to go to therapy mm. yeah I was just going to say like I've, I've, I've probably had a bit of a light bulb moment 
in one session but I don't I think when you kind of go to go to them in like the way I approach it is like I'm kind of just speaking through things and then if it so happens that I realize something you know really significant but I think probably don't go in with the expectation to expect like this like overwhelming like wow oh my gosh that's the reason um because then if it does come then it then it you know it probably does catch you off guard a little bit but yeah sure I went to therapy recently and I only did one session and I went in and within that one session I really like I realized she basically got me to realize that my life in that moment was ex- almost exactly the same as my life when I developed my disordered eating habits the situations were all very very similar and she was like oh so do you feel like maybe that's exactly how you felt when you were 15 or 16 and I was like ah and then that was like <laughs> and then I went that's why I'm doing these things like this is that all makes sense and I felt so justified and then she's like do you want to bring your next, next session and I was thinking about it for a few weeks and I was like I don't really feel like I need to be. I think I think I'm, I'm cured. But it's, <laughs> but it's like sometimes it's sometimes if it's you're just on the precipice of something, it can it's like there. And sometimes it's not anything. It might not even be anything that you ever remember. Like you don't like it could be so many different things. So yeah, it looks so different for everyone. <laughs> okay. Um, Denise question: How do you know when you're ready to move on to fat loss as a goal? <laughs> they were both looking at each other like oh yeah. yeah um so for me I look for what I look for in clients is if you are someone that has struggled with binging or overeating you've had kind of like 12 weeks minimum without any episodes um I'd also be looking that you're not preoccupied with food with your body like feeling good in those areas um you've worked to actively include lots of variety with food choices um so food neutrality and that it is coming from a compassionate place yeah I was just about to say like what she said (laughs) no but if it's like (laughs) I want to do this rather than like oh I need to do it and I've had this discussion actually quite a lot this week uh, with a client that's still got some food rules going on so we've, we've kind of you know talked it all out and and that person isn't in the position to do that just yet but it doesn't mean that it, it's not going to come. But I think you just need to know what, like, what is that underlying reason of why you want to go into a fat loss phase? I think that's such a good point. Like, what's your reason? And then I would also say, like, above and beyond timelines and everything like that, what do you think your relationship with food is like right now? Do you feel like you don't rely the majority of the time on food for comfort or for emotional regulation? Do you feel like you can go out for a meal and not stress about what you're going to eat? um do you have other coping strategies do you do you eat mindfully most of the time are you able to listen to your hunger and fullness and as opposed to um constantly relying on meal times which you know you that that serves a purpose so looking at like what your relationship with food is like and that that relationship with food can get like you can get that quite quickly or it can take some time but I think it requires you to be super super honest with yourself and I think also what's important is that, and I think, I don't know if you've done this as well, and I know that I definitely in the past have 
dieted being like my relationship with food is great like it was at the time I, I mean it is but like at the time it was and I dieted for like two weeks and it, my relationship with food almost immediately started to plummet and I was like why I've had a good relationship with food for quite a long time there's no reason other than restriction and it's not the right thing for me to do and and also if I was dieting for the wrong reasons it was aesthetic reasons solely for me which it was more like a should because I think I had to shoot as opposed to me preferring my body leaner which I don't so it didn't align with my values and immediately the thought of restriction made my relationship with food worse now that's not to say that happens loads and loads of people diet successfully and I and I have dieted successfully as well with a good relationship with food so there's no like that's going to happen for people but it's important to just be super honest with yourself and say oh I notice these behaviors or no I think I'm in a really good place I'm willing I want to try it no, I've, since I worked with you, I've not dieted. <laughs> I think we did, we did one diet and then I've just not gone back to it because I just don't, don't want to, quite happy. Um, but it's really cool like when, when I've had a few clients that have been in a place where they're ready to diet and like, do so successfully, but because of the work that they've done previously, they're like, oh that's interesting still got some feelings about that so we're just going to work through that and then come back to it mm-hmm. and, it, and again it's not because you've done anything wrong or you've not done enough work it's just not been highlighted because fat loss hasn't been a goal yeah yeah safe um I find no that was a question I just asked um how do you stop carrying the weight of things around am I catastrophizing or do I just need to accept that I will always have a to-do list the length of my arm you may well have to accept that you may have a to-do list the length of your arm unfortunately mm-hmm. I feel like that's adulting 101 no <laughs> 100% what it doesn't get better what <laughs> no, <it does>. yeah. <laughs> I mean we obviously don't know if you're catastrophizing but I think so my friend recently went self-employed and she was like, oh, I've got all this stuff to do. And, and I had this conversation with her and I was like, at some point, you're going to have to accept that you're always going to have stuff to do. It's just life. And if you add on children or social commitments and all these things on top of that, mm-hmm. even, even to me, I'll add on my list, voice note this person back because it's been a few days, like things like that, they go on my list because it's always just stuff to do even if it's my best mate who I'm like I've just not spoken to in a few days I'm like I need to voice on this person um honestly I think one of the best things you can do for your mental health is accepting that you will never be done and that's a hot that sounds really morbid and like (laughs) oh like how can I not just not achieve stuff but there's always stuff that you can do the point is is that sometimes some of that stuff is stuff that can wait and and one of the best things I think that I would recommend people do is regardless of what their job is or their life is is have like an immediate priority list of non-negotiable things that I have to do today and then things that have to be done by within the next week and then things that have to be done at some point and they'll probably get closer and closer up the list as time goes on when I realize I've only got two days to write a lecture or whatever that may be and I think having that and accepting that on a Friday afternoon if I'm like, I've still got these things on my to-do list, but you know what, that can be done on Sunday afternoon. That can be done on Sunday afternoon. I've done the non-negotiables, I've done my emails. Then, okay, I can sleep easy because I know that that to-do list can wait. And it's, you have to get used to that, I think. 
yeah <laughs> yeah I think one of I think it was I always come back to like Cal muscle mentors although he's not muscle mentors anymore but he talked about I think it might be from like the high performance podcast in that you like you said you've got your high priority list your things that you have to do that day and then low priority things that you can do over the week over the month and that was a game changer for me because I was very much in the mindset well I have to do this if I've not achieved it by the end of the day then disaster everything's going to fall apart but it doesn't and again it's it's like the coming back to perfectionism isn't it it's like being okay with things not getting done Mm -hmm. yeah Anna, yeah. Love this question and intrigued to hear your responses. It's helping me think about how I should show up and how I make people feel. It's your 70th birthday. Who is there and what would you want them to say about their life with you? Oh, <laughs> oh I love that question. Yeah, I, love I cannot question. wait to ask this. Uh is that oh no I was about to say something but it's made me really sad I'm just I just thought about like my grandparents because I'd love them to be there but obviously they wouldn't be there um oh that's such a good one why don't I oh, I wish I could prepare for that question yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I should have said that. <laughs> like Anna's like I've been preparing for the last four days and I'm yeah <laughs> um, the answer wait do you mind just asking the last bit of it the what Sure. So it's your 70th birthday. Who is there and what would you want them to say about their life with you? I just, I hope people that I'm around feel, um, feel peaceful as in not like asleep, like (laughs) they're falling asleep, but like, I feel, I want them to feel like they can be themselves. And I know that's a bit cliche, isn't it? But like, I just, there's nothing worse than, I think, cause I've, I've, I've often felt that when I've been with people and I feel like, or I think from my background, I've had to adapt my personality to different situations. And I don't like that. And I don't like that part of my personality. So I like it when people show up as themselves and they know that I'm very accepting of who they are. And I want people to just be like, I just feel comfortable around Steph. Like that's something that I want people to say about me, I think. But I don't know. That's <laughs> such a good quality. And I think that is probably what would ha- what people would see. I think that's very oh, accurate. Thank you. Um, and you've still got like 50 years, so maybe, oh. you know, plenty. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, surely the people that are there are the people that we love right now, right? Like yeah. our family and our best friends. Um, and also my my sperm donor child maybe will be there. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. And what would I want them to say? Very similar to you, I think. Um, I would want people to say about our lives together that I oh god oh god the pressure um (laughs) that we had the best times we made the best memories and had the most fun and that they um always felt uh, supported I think Mm. that they always knew that I would be there I think let's go with that 
people would say that about you too I know that and it's got a speech <laughs> no, no, no. I, was like, I wish I could say that I've like really prepared for this one oh, whatever <laughs> that's the start of an Oscar speech for the person I would just want people to I feel it sounds really sounds almost like I'm downplaying it but just like content like genuinely really similar to Steph peaceful happy we've had the best times made lots of memories um and loved I think that's a big mm-hmm. one for me yeah do you know what actually the email that I've written to go out on Friday this week so yeah just after the podcast uh includes something similar to this and it was Paul Moore had put on his Instagram a clip from a conference he was at with Gary V. Oh. Has Amelia Oh um don't worry. <laughs> um and he did a he put a thing up about the conference he was at with Gary V. And in the conference Gary V said um, if you're overthinking and you're struggling, it was a business conference. If you're overthinking and you're struggling with things, go and spend, go and volunteer for a day in a retirement home. Spend one day there. So it will make you feel great, but you'll come away thinking, um, why am I worrying about all of this shit? And what shit should I be caring about? Because you will come away being absolutely terrified of having any regrets. I was like, oh, that's that's powerful because yeah because I just think that is something that's been on not on my mind I'm not waking up like oh my god when when I'm close to death I'm going to be really worried about this but it's certainly been something that's been on my mind for the maybe the last I don't know since I turned 35 so a while ago um where I think life life's not running out but there's so much that we can do and I cannot imagine much worse than being about to, to pass over to the other side and regretting something. I, I, I can't imagine. And and there was this book called, I think it was called like the top five regrets of the dying. I think, I can't remember the author, but I definitely did a post about it. Mm. And it was a nurse that had interviewed loads of people who were dying about their biggest regrets. And it wasn't, gain a kilogram obviously shockingly and it wasn't like not traveling to different countries and stuff like that I think there might be some of that sort of stuff on there but it was like not living in the way that I wanted to live and not trusting people and not spending enough time with people and stuff like that and I can't remember what they are I might try and find them on my notes but um it's really powerful so I think that's a nice way to kind of guide the way that you learn do you know that kind of reminds me so how long ago would it be? However many years ago, it was it was like seeing that shift in my dad after he had his stroke, and like he would have been absolutely fine to go back to work, but he was like, no, like he he was close to retirement age, but he was like, mm, no, there's lots of stuff that I'd rather be doing. <laughs> so that was that, and he like you said, it was just a case of like doing the things that genuinely made him happy, spending more time with. Well, I guess us because like growing up he was always out working so family time with him was huge after that mm. yeah that's yeah 
that's incredible and that, and not everyone gets to have that moment of think of like clarity of saying like what's important but it, um, for me it was like oh okay like you said you start thinking like mm, okay maybe care less about this more about this yeah um, I've got the five top five regrets of the dying and um, the books by Bronyware Bronyware if anyone wants it um number one I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself not the life others expected of me number two I wish I hadn't worked so hard number three I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings number four I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends and number five I wish that I had let myself be happier <laughs> I'm just gonna go have a little cry yeah. <laughs> I think number five is like so crucial mm -hmm. I my email again for tomorrow I've basically told people to lighten up and I had this conversation with Lewis um yesterday or the day before he said you can't be seen now to just say smile and get on with things because that's not who you are because basically I made a penis joke on my Instagram and someone didn't pick up on it I said so, so I said something like they said what's your fit like your best and your worst food and I was like my best food is pizza my worst food is hashtag not all me as in oh, <laughs> and um she replied and someone replied and said what's 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 not all me I was like it's a joke but because of because we talk so much about feelings and depth and spirituality and yeah. it's already eating I think often I, I make jokes all the time and I, I know people like certain people on my Instagram like you like usually it's coaches or whoever they'll message me and be like I know no one got that I've got that and I'm like yeah, <laughs> I'm glad someone did because yeah. we we struggle so hard to hold space for someone that like makes absolute like laws out of dire situations and tries to like find humor and stuff mm. and someone who also is like this stuff matters do the work think deeply about your emotions like you can do it like you can do it all and we need to lighten up a little bit and let ourselves be happier yeah I agree I think Instagram as well is, is a place where like I feel especially the work that we do obviously we I feel like we make a big impact and it's very meaningful work but I love to have a laugh like I'm just like come on let's just light up a little bit but I love it and like when I see humor on Instagram it's just a bit of like a sigh of relief because you need that don't you yeah. so I love a joke so yeah. yeah whenever I share I know Steph you often relate to like <laughs> about like anxiety and overthinking and of course we have loads of tools to help with that but sometimes you just have to like own it and be like yeah this is this is a real struggle and I know people will lull at this also because life yeah exactly um, oh, go ahead no I was just sorry I'm like I was just thinking when my client that checked in yesterday like she's like now dating again and she's she actually wrote in her check-in which she put on Instagram um about like how she was having a laugh and actually how she she managed to link it to her relationship with food and how nice. she didn't overeat and all of those things I was like yes because you're you know you're putting yourself out there and you're having fun and you, you're showing up in the way that you want to show up and yeah I think there's a lot to say with for you know that like you know living your life in a way that you want to live and having a laugh for sure and also feeling your feelings when you you start to get used to not suppressing your feelings with food and exercise anymore and you start to feel like you cry all the time you also are much more likely to cry with love and cry with joy and laugh and feel the ultimate highs of life as well as feeling the ultimate lows of life and it's mm. like that is equally important is to feel that full spectrum of emotions so yeah 
let's all let ourselves be a little bit happier. Um, okay, change of pace. Do you think enough advice or information is put on social media for healthy weight gain or bulking compared to what is seen for weight loss? Mm, I, I see. Mean, I don't like. Oh, sorry. No, go no, you go, Anna. I feel, like I'm <laughs> no, feel free. You take the floor, Steph. <laughs> I'm muting myself now. Three, two, one, muted. <laughs> Bye. I was going to say, I the term bulking gives me the ick, but, but I guess that's probably something for me to work through. But <laughs> genuinely, no, there probably isn't enough about putting on weight because that goes against everything we've been told to do and everything we think is acceptable or attractive or anything else. So yeah, there's there's uh, definitely room uh, for improvement there. Yeah, I feel the same. I don't see as much on that side of things than I do for fat loss. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to say about it really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. Ultimately, we're a society that glorifies weight loss, and until that changes, it's never. This we're never going to glorify the opposite. I mean, we would, because we glorify all bodies of all sizes and shapes. But yeah, that's that's the nature of society. Also, though, bulking is not. It's not. There's nothing to say other than, if you're at maintenance calories. In order to bulk, you need to eat a couple of extra crumpets at night. Like it's kind of that extent of it. Yes, there are potentially for some people some psychological challenges that come with that, but it doesn't have to be this huge event. I mean, neither does fat loss. Do you remember when the like the world lost their shit when you um oh when you posted that you were actively trying to get fat? Oh my god, <laughs> it was literally like I just said that I'd shot my mum. It was like <laughs> I was getting messages I was like Amelia can do with what she wants with her body like cool I think what do you mean you were getting messages <laughs> what were they saying because, because well, I originally said like so this was a while ago I said I want to get fatter not I mean, yeah I'd like to gain a bit of muscle but I actually just wanted to get a bit fatter I wanted bigger arse I wanted bigger boobs and to be honest I was probably ballsy even the Kardashians at that time so like I don't know if I was or not but I definitely I just wanted to be bigger and so I would say to people like I'm eating past fullness I'm not eating quote unquote like super intuitively um I'm eating more calorie dense foods and people were like no offense but just wondered why you want to gain weight or I think that you look great now what's your reason for wanting to gain weight and then Anna got messages about me doing it too like indirectly and it's like I am allowed to say I think for myself I am more happy I'm happier in my body I feel more attractive I feel sexier when I have gained weight and I think at the time I did gain quite a bit of weight and then kind of came back down and like whatever that's the last time I tried to actively change my body but it's like even now and I think I had this discussion you know when I was in Mexico with Emma and I remember being like I know in the past I would have been like oh well this person's got a leaner body than this person and done that comparison thing of assuming and this was totally my own lens in the past, I would have thought people will think that I look worse than her. People will think that I wish I was that lean and all this stuff. And it's like, no, people don't. But people do. And I know that I had conversations when I was away from people messaging me saying, oh, 
Emma looks great look at her without her fat like with no fat rolls on her stomach and stuff when I put her on my story and it's like a you've not followed me for long enough to know that I don't entertain that type of conversation but B, you also don't know my relationship with food and that could actually be super triggering to me to say that girl you're with is much leaner than you like that could be super triggering and see I mean you don't know like I mean everyone knows Emma so like but you don't know why she's lean and it's like why still do we celebrate it when someone is leaner why do we think why do we look at two bodies and inherently think she must want that leaner body she must want to be leaner and it's like absolutely not like it's it's just insane to me it's not because I understand because it's our society but it's insane to me that over time we're not having these thoughts with ourselves of like I'm going on holiday so I just like to be a bit leaner but but why is that when you're healthy again it's totally fine to do it like whatever I think I look better in a bikini when I've got bigger boobs so I'm like great I'm just like that's my, my choice not to diet but it's just funny how we so naturally think that people are going to think that we're better because we're leaner and that's that internalized weight stigma and weight bias that we have in the, in our country our world um it's just a really interesting one Hmm. okay let's do one more question to me Steph yeah um okay oh this is cool I'm returning coaching I'm sorry I'm returning to coaching with Steph after a big life change any advice for really digging deep and getting the most out of this again thank you welcome back um my advice would be enjoy it it's supposed to be get you to a place where you enjoy life more it's not supposed to take from your life it's supposed to add to your life so enjoy it lean into the discomfort of it because the hard stuff is generally when you break the hard stuff is generally where you get the good stuff and know that you're going to balls up and that's okay and that's what Steph's there for and we've seen it all before and that's fine and what else what would you say I think just keep keep showing up showing up with a open mind open heart and I mean it sounds like you're already prepared to quote unquote do the work so awesome go for it what's your advice Seth um, similar to advice, like when someone begins in the first place, like you're going to feel maybe a little bit apprehensive to different because the, the circumstances have changed a little bit. And um, but be open to the process um, and communicate. That's a big thing for me as your coach. Um, and then we'll have a, a lovely, lovely time. It's going to be good. <laughs> I think as well, like just know that there's there are no like, there's no expectations from any of our clients other than honesty and showing up. And sometimes I'll just say to my clients, if they feel like maybe they've gone off the grid for a little bit and be like, oh, I'll get a random message and be like, oh, I just I felt embarrassed. I didn't want to check in away for a site. I don't care if you check in with hi and you send me the form that says hi and I know that you're still there. That to me is a little enough of a reach out for me to grab onto it and support you. Mm-hmm. All I want is honesty and showing up. I don't, I don't want you to not overeat. I don't want you to not lose body fat or to lose body fat any of these things unless that's what's important to you I just want your check-in that's it and an honest check-in 
mm-hmm. and take that, like taking that pressure off of like there are no expectations from us week to week we're kind of hopeful that someone's done what we were talking about or someone's had the result that they were looking for week to week but we don't open a check and expect in it we open and check in and go what's what's the situation today mm. also <coughs> i had a question a few weeks ago that was do people come back to coaching and i think that's a really good point to make is that yes like whilst i think i want to say you said it steph like whilst we are potentially the last coaches that you'll need to work with life happens things change and it might be like oh it'd be really good to have someone there to to work through things so there's absolutely no shame in coming back um I mean, part of me really wishes that Amelia would take me back, but... Am I going to happen? <laughs> yeah, and I think the thing is with any coaching relationship, a lot of it's accountability, reframing and accountability. Mm. And I don't think you ever get to a, poise, a place where reframing and accountability is not helpful. I really don't. I say things to you guys sometimes to hold me accountable to stuff and vice versa, and we'll all reframe stuff for each other. And I think mm. sometimes that's what the coaching relationship is. And... and yeah you don't I don't think you ever go out of that yeah okay let's leave it there great questions everyone and we will get on with all the big lists of the more um next week thank you so much bye bye thanks so much for listening I hope you enjoyed it and as always if you did please do feel free to like share subscribe and review And if you would like to chat to me, then you can find details of my Instagram in the show notes.